to The Upward Way, the podcast that assists the navigation of life with biblical insights from a Christian counselor. I'm your host, Steve Harness. Life is a journey, and we can find God's best for our lives. Each podcast, we take a question from our listening audience and answer two basic questions. What does the Bible say about this? And what does this mean for me? Together, let's discover the upward way. Hello and welcome to The Upward Way. We're glad you've tuned in to this very first episode of The Upward Way today and it's a new podcast that we hope is a blessing to you. I'm Steve and I'm here in the studio with my wife Natalie. Natalie, welcome today. Thank you. We're excited about this new podcast. Um, We want it to be as simple and clear-cut and applicable as possible. So here's the breakdown of what it will be every time. We are going to read a problem or a question that has been submitted to us either in the past or recently. And then we're just going to go into what does the Bible say about this topic. So Steve will give exactly what the Bible says, scriptures, explanation. And then we'll go into what does this mean for me in 2019 everyday life how do i apply that to my life right that's great plan i'm looking forward to that as well please know that i'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist i am a board certified christian counselor with nearly 20 years of bible preaching and teaching ministry i enjoy serving god and serving people and these podcasts are answers and discussions from a bible and christian perspective So let's begin with that first question. Okay, so the first question is kind of a big one. Here's the question. Is depression for real? Someone has asked us, I'm extremely sad and fearful. I don't want to get up in the morning. I don't want to leave the house or be with people. Am I suffering from depression? And where can I find help? All right, so let me begin by giving some definitions as to what depression is. I've read uh, several books about this, and doctors Tim Clinton and Ron Hawkins, I recommend their books and materials. I read much of theirs. In their book, Biblical Counseling, the following descriptions of types of depression are given, and there are five. The first one is clinical or major depression. This is one where maybe you'd go to the hospital even to get help, and it's distinct in that the symptoms are so severe that they disrupt one's daily routines. And so even the, the question had that idea of, you know, it's affecting my daily life. And so that could be clinical or major depression. Dysmic disorder is a low-grade depression. Next is bipolar disorder. That's previously known as manic depression. It's a type of mood disorder that has severe changes that are effective. Uh, for example, a person may have periods of euphoric elatedness and then contrasting that with periods of severe major depression. So kind of a roller coaster, you're not really sure how they'll be each day. The next is very common, it's the seasonal affective disorder, that's SAD, S-A-D, and it's a severe onset of what could be called the winter blues. Maybe you've heard that expression, and that's when one experiences depression, most often believed to be due to the lack of sunlight, the lack of vitamin D. And this is more than just wanting the snow to melt because I think we're at the beginning of 
uh, the end of winter, beginning of spring, and we all just want to hear the drip drip of the snow melting. So this is more than that. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. More than just hoping the winter's over with, but uh, the seasonal effect of this order in the northeast and in places where there's a lot of snow and not much sunlight, we do find that there's a lot more cases like this, and uh, certainly in our area as well. The next is endogenous depression, and that's rooted in the biological, and that is caused by biological factors alone. So for some reason, it could be caused by an injury even, or some uh, drugs that were induced into the body that, that could cause a chemical reaction that could become longstanding even in the person. So perhaps most depression begins with what is known as reactive depression. Reactive depression, according to Dr. Clinton and Dr. Hawkins, is a depression that can be caused by many life issues, including anger, failure, or rejection, family issues such as divorce or abuse, fear, feelings of futility, lacking control over one's life, grief and loss, guilt or shame, loneliness or isolation, negative thinking, destructive misbeliefs, and stress. Most depression is rooted in reactive depression, or at least it starts that way. Okay, so now we know what depression is. Now let's go to our format. What does the Bible say about depression? All right, so Elijah is a classic example of depression because of reactive depression, his circumstances. And we find this prophet and preacher for the Lord in 1 Kings chapter 19. And he has this reactive, but it becomes clinical depression. And it affects him on a daily basis. It affects his uh, willingness to keep going and his unction. A lot of things are affected. So let's read the passage here in 1 Kings 19, verses 1 through 10. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And withal, how he had slain the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. Let me bring you up to speed with what's happening in this passage. Elijah has just had a tremendous victory over the prophets of Baal. They were on Mount Carmel, and they said, let's have a contest. Which God will answer by sending fire? And, of course, the one true God answered the prayer and came through. And all the prophets of Baal then were executed. God's people actually saw there is one God. They said, we want the one true God. And so all the leaders who had led them astray, all 500 of those men were executed. And Jezebel is telling Elijah, you're going to be like one of my dead prophets by this time tomorrow. I'm going to find you. I'm going to hunt you down. I'm going to get you. And Elijah, after this intense, incredible, amazing moment of euphoria, if you would, I mean, it was exciting on that mount. Now he's, he's isolated and alone and feeling very fearful. And he, he goes into a depressive state. It happens here in verse 4. But, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for am I not better than my father's? And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, 
Behold, then, an angel touched him, and he said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose, and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Oreb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave, and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Now, when it comes to this Bible example, let's remember that when the chemicals in the mind, they may have a genetic, chromosomal, and uh, maybe even biological factors that impact and maybe even trigger depression, nutrition, vitamins, health conditions, all affect brain function. Certainly those who have, who have abused drugs have an exponential increase in the rate of depression because of the manipulation that those drugs have induced onto the brain. And so we find that because of his circumstances, he becomes isolated, he's fearful, and he becomes very depressed. And he looks to God and says, you know, I'm the only one. And he starts to feel very sorry for himself in the situation that he finds himself in. So if you are depressed, you can be encouraged that it happened to great men even in the Bible. Yeah, yes. So you're not alone and God can help you just like he helped them. So now the the second part, what can I do? How can I apply the scripture just read to everyday life right now if I'm suffering from depression? All right, the first thing would be to get help. Depending on the source of the depression, you may want to consult a doctor or a counselor. And there are also Christian psychologists and psychiatrists who can help. And I, in our office, our our uh, ministry that we have of Mountain View Christian Counseling, we have some tests that can be taken that would help you identify the source of reactive depression. We can't treat the chemical things, but you can retrain your mind. And I'm so thankful for that because that's exactly what God does with Elijah in this, in this story. So there are people that need to be um, on medication at times if it is a big chemical imbalance but along with that God's Word can help a lot with even those people that have to be on the medication right absolutely so the Bible can retrain a person's mind and as a person is memorizing scripture that's adding order to their mind and their thinking is impacted by the Word of God and it, it definitely can help because our circumstances how we look at the circumstances it triggers different chemical reactions in our in our brain. Think about like fight or flight or freeze whenever something tragic is happening right there. Those are all it's induced by the circumstance. And so when you retrain your mind, that actually makes those synapses in your brain fire off different chemicals and it starts to control. So your brain is a uh, an incredible computer. And if it's not manipula- manipulated with drugs, you can manipulate your brain with what you're thinking about. That's why the Bible says to think on things that are true, honest, and lovely, and of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. It's because it changes your mind. So Elijah had victory. So what did he do that we can 
to ourselves. Okay, right. So the next thing is to be honest then. Be honest. Uh, suppressing your thoughts will only make it harder to correct. Like, I don't want to get any help, or I don't want to admit I have a problem, I'm thinking the wrong way, or I, even though I'm lethargic right now, you know, I, I think I'll get through this. It's okay to admit before anyone can get help, they must make a confession, I need some help. And there's nothing negative about that. That's absolutely positive. A person doesn't trust Christ until they say, Lord, I need you. I need Christ for salvation. And so it's good to start out with being honest and getting some help. And when it comes to very practical ways, you want to examine your life. And there's several things that Elijah does that helps him. And, and God has him do some of these things. Becoming physical is very good. In verses 5 through 9, he has a lot of exercise. I mean, he hikes a long, long way. Whenever you are physical, I'm talking about getting exercise, and all of us should be getting exercise. Uh, we should make sure that we stay hydrated. We should make sure that we eat healthy, wholesome food, and get plenty of sleep. It's interesting when this angel of the Lord shows up, he gives him something to eat and drink, and he makes sure he gets some rest. And we need those same things in our life as well. So get physical. Get spiritual is the next thing. And we didn't read these verses, but in verses 15 through 17, we find the Lord said to him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And so what God is telling him to do is, You go on and keep doing what I want you to do. Elijah, you stand up. You have something that I've assigned you to do. And no longer will Ahab and Jezebel be rulers, but there's going to be another king in Israel. And I want you to go and see that that happens. And so God has a special revelation for Elijah. And God has given us specific revelation or a specific will, if you would, for our lives. And when God tells us to do something, to be faithful, to uh, to read the Bible, to uh, pray together, things like this. Those spiritual disciplines help us a lot. And so, Elijah, you just keep doing what I've told you to do. And that made a big difference in his life. Next, then, is to get psychological. And that means to be controlling your mind. In verse 18, he begins to believe the truth once again. Because God tells him, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So God says, there are 7,000 others. Elijah, you thought during this state of depression that you were the only believer. But he said, I have 7,000 others who did not bow down and kiss those little Baal statues. And you're not alone. And so he was telling Elijah, you need to believe the truth. You need to believe the truth. Friends, lies abound in depression. I encourage you to turn the page, open the door, flip the light on, see the truth. We need to embrace God's reality. So playing in your mind Bible verses, reading some Bible verses, having Christian music in the background, all of these things will help you have truth in your life, uh, psychological truth, just to be thinking about those things. Number four then would be to get relational. Don't isolate yourself. In verses 19 through 21, we find that Elijah, Elisha then is introduced to Elijah. So now he has a friend, and Elijah has someone he's going to mentor and someone he's going to walk around 
on this earth with. And so you don't need to live life alone, especially if you've gone through a season of depression. God created us to be social creatures. All of that to say this, get to the truth. Get to the truth. Get the truth in your life. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So if you're tired, if you're hungry, if you're restless, if it, th if it seems like life is too big, Turn your attention back to the truth. Get physical, get spiritual, get psychological, get relational, and get that truth. When depressed, our awareness and our perspective is not as accurate as it should be. And things become blown out of proportion, if you would. And so we need to get that truth into our hearts. And lastly this, get some hope. David prayed this in Psalm 43, verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. I love that phrase. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. So if we know that Elijah and David both struggled with this and had victory, then we can too. So is depression for real? Yes, it is. And we've learned where we can find help today. So thank you for that. Good job. All right. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If today's episode has been a help to you, please give us a five-star rating and post a positive review about the program. We would love to answer your questions, too. Just go to wiltonbaptistchurch.com radio. That's wiltonbaptistchurch.com radio to submit your question. Thanks for listening today. Let's choose the upward way.